All right. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all here today. So thankful that you've chosen to uh, worship with us. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2 this morning. Matthew chapter 2, verses 7 to 12. And um, while you're turning there, let me just uh, be the first or maybe the the 31st to invite you to our Christmas Eve services. Uh, you know we're in Advent Rebellion, right? We've, we've made that clear. We are one week behind the entire world at Bay Area Church. Uh, and we've done that on purpose. So Christmas Eve, we'll actually celebrate the fourth candle, which is love. And this is a really good message to invite family, friends, neighbors who need to know the love of God for them. This is that night you should bring them. It's going to be good for the whole family. And then we'll push the Christ candle into your home on uh, Christmas Day. Um, so you'll be receiving a video by email or social media where you can grab that and uh, do that together at home. So would you do this with me? Uh, let's stand up and read Matthew chapter 2, 7 to 12. And we're going to talk about today uh, Advent joy. Beginning in verse 7 of Matthew chapter 2, it says this. Then Herod summoned the wise men and secretly ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that They had seen when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. You can be seated. Now, I just want you to be honest with me. How many of you have ever thought to yourself in some moment, in some time when it was difficult And someone looked at you right in the eyes and said, you're just going to have to choose joy. Has that ever happened to you? What did you want to (laughs) do? It's a bad feeling, right? Like you're like, I'd like to choose joy, but everything inside of me right now is telling me I am not joyful. Sometimes we we mix that all up because we have an odd definition of what joy might actually be. And what I want to do today is start by sort of defining that biblically, answering the question, what is joy? So every time we see joy in the New Testament is this Greek word that it is called, it's Karen, Karen, like C-H-A-R-A-N. And it's, an, it's, it's something that's inside of you that has an outward expression. Now, there is sort of a secular joy that corresponds to what we call happiness, right? And how many of us are in a, a pursuit of happiness? I mean, the whole world is pursuing uh, happiness, but this is a little bit different than that. Happiness is sort of circumstantial, right? It's about an event or a 
a purchase or a success. I'll never forget <clears throat> uh, work issued me. I, I don't remember how old I was, but work issued me an iPhone one. So remember the first iPhone? All right, so I was hearing about all these things. I think I had a like a a razor. Who remembers that? Not like this, but you know the foam. And we heard that we we're going to be getting these iPhone ones, and I was I was so happy. I mean, I was like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Do you know what you can do with an iPhone? And I, I just was excited. And. I got, I got it. They gave it to me. I got it and, and I used it for a couple of weeks and I went to the, meet this person at a coffee shop and I had that iPhone in a, in a backpack pocket kind of in the top and I dropped my backpack in the parking lot and kept going into the coffee shop and, and then I backed over my iPhone with my car. And you know what I found? That iPhone happiness goes away. It goes away. See, happiness is sort of, like circum, circumstantial based on stuff or events, whatever. But biblically, joy is centered inwardly and focused Godward. It does have outward expressions like laughter, like singing, like praise, like tears, etc. But there are times in the Bible where people are going through really hard things and still have this inward joy they're not faking happiness but they still have a very centered sort of god word biblical joy there are also times in the bible where it says that god's people have lost all joy because of circumstances like do you realize circumstances can chip away at what we experience as joy the enemy satan himself is a joy Robber. So one of the one of the main things he wants to do in every Christian's life is rob joy. That's his part of his motive. Um, so here's what I want to do. I want to look at these wise men. And this is not a prescriptive passage of scripture. This is not like five ways to find joy. When you look at this passage of scripture in Matthew, this is a narrative telling of what actually happened. But there are some things that we can observe from these magi that really help us understand where joy comes from. And, and these are things I think we need to hold on to today. So here's where we'll begin. Let's, let's just start with a little bit of background. It says that they went to Herod. So these magi from the east, probably Babylon, come to Herod. And Herod is what? Do you know what he is? He's the king. And specifically the king in that region that would make him the king of the Jews. He's a half Jew. He's an Edomian. He's a half Jew. And so he's probably got a little bit of a complex because people are always like making fun of the fact that he's a half Jew. But he's king of the Jews. And so the Magi from the east, they show up and say, say to, to King Herod in his court, like, we've seen the star of the king of the Jews. Can you tell me where to find him? Now, if you're the king of the Jews and someone shows up and says, we've seen the star of the king of the Jews and we'd like to know where we can find him. Obviously, you're not him, but you might know the way. 
This really, really bothers Herod, who is a paranoid person. And history records it. And so Herod plays a little trick. His little trick is, hey, go, go follow the star. Find, find this king that you're talking about and then tell me about it so I can come and worship him. Because he has a sinister plan. And so that's what happens. The Magi, they, they, if we look beginning in verse uh, 10 of chapter 2, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with, with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. So again, they see the star after they met with Herod. It's still there and it leads them to the place, according to the scripture, where Jesus is. Now, remember, we're answering the question, where does joy come from? And here's the first observable uh, principle that I think that we need to understand for our own life. And that is this, that joy comes in following God's guidance. It's point number one. Joy comes in following God's guidance. Somehow, these magi knew to be looking for a star. And when you think about them for a minute, you might, there's a possibility as a 21st century American Christian, you might see them, you know, in the nativity set, one of the many Christians that showed up to worship Jesus. None of them were Christians. The shepherds weren't Christians yet. The Magi aren't Christians. They're, they're this mix of astrology and astronomy and wisdom literature. And they, they are spiritual people for sure. But they're not like church people. And so they follow this star from the east because they knew they were supposed to. And the big question sort of becomes like, okay, how do they even know to follow the star? Why is this star bringing them great joy? Why would that be? There's a passage of scripture in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17, all the way back in the Old Testament. It's speaking of Jesus and and when he will come. And it says, I see him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. This is out of Israel and a scepter Royalty shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down the sons of Sheth. So the Magi in the east somehow know that there is this star at some point that will come out of Israel. And the only way I think that that can happen, and this is Brian talking, it's not in the scriptures, but it's just me thinking. The only way that I think that happens historically is through Daniel. Do you remember that Daniel was a Jew who knew all the scriptures and he was captured and taken to Babylon and set before Nebuchadnezzar and he won favor with Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, put him over, guess who? All the wise men, all the counselors. And so Daniel plants a seed, in my opinion. Daniel plants a seed with those wise men from Numbers chapter uh, 24, verse 17. And they begin generation after generation watching for this star in the east because a great king will come. And they must pass it down from generation to generation. So when they see it from the east, they follow it. 
and they have, according to the scripture, great joy when, as they do, exceedingly great joy as it leads them to the king. And I thought about this for a minute. Where does joy come from? Well, part of that is in following God's guidance. In their case, it was a star. We have something so much better than a star, whether you believe it or not. You might think to yourself, okay, if I saw a star moving and I knew it was telling me to go, you know, see the baby Jesus born in the manger, I would, I would so be there. I would, I would do that. But we have something so much better than a bright star. It's brighter than a star. We have the word of God and we have the Holy Spirit. I mean, listen to the word about itself. Psalm 119, 105, the, your, the, your word, meaning the word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. So I wish I could see a sign like a star. Well, you have in your hand or on your app or however you're looking at it, you have access to the word of God. And if you understood how this was put together over a period of years by different authors inspired by the Holy Spirit with one theme, and that is the gospel message of Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation, you would realize what a bright and shining star you have in your hands. It's better than a star. It's, it tells you the whole story. They, they were following a star to see the king. You have the whole story. John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, uh, when the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Not only do you have the word of God, but you and I, we have the spirit of God because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God. And as ridiculous as this sounds, in a human way, the Bible teaches that the spirit of God descends upon a human being as they follow Christ. That humans have experiences with the Holy Spirit of God. And then he guides them daily. Sometimes in big ways, sometimes in small ways. Sometimes in powerful, obvious ways and sometimes in whispers. We have something much better than us a bright star. And there is joy, there is joy in following God's guidance. Here's the thing. You realize maybe that there's more joy in living out the answer to the question, God, what do you want for me? And where do you want me to go? Then there is trying to answer the question, what do I want for me and where do I want to go? You see, that, that my feet on the path of Brian usually lead me to a moment of happiness until I run over my iPhone. But to follow God's guidance, because circumstances are going to change. There are going to be valleys. There are going to be mountaintops. Life is going to be difficult. It's going to be deathly at times. Sometimes it's going to be exuberant and full of what we would call happiness. But to follow God's guidance, this is, this is where joy comes from, despite the circumstances. This is one thing we learn. Here's the, the second thing. That joy really does come in the presence of the king. If you look at verse 11, 
It says, and going into the house, they saw the child. Now, has anyone ever thought, wait, I thought they were in, not in a house. I thought they were in, you know, a wooden nativity set altogether. This is sometime later in a different place. It's not in the shepherd's cave. But sometime later in a different place, there's all kinds of scholarship to say when, where, how, but how, but our nativity sets sort of mess up our chronology. So this is, they show up and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary. Notice it doesn't say a baby, but child. So he's a little bit older. So just throw your nativity set away. I'm just kidding. It just messes with you. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts and gold and frankincense and myrrh. So here's the second thing that we sort of glean is that the joy, joy, it not only comes in following God's guidance, but joy comes in the presence of King Jesus. Joy comes in the presence of King Jesus. Now listen to the scriptures in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. is speaking of that night that, that the angels appeared to the shepherds. And it said, an angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, why is this good news of great joy? Because we're talking about the Savior that all the prophets have pointed to, the one that should be born in Bethlehem, the one from the house of David. This is him. This is Emmanuel, God with us. And so what we find is joy comes in being in the presence of God, period. And do you know that you can be in the presence of God in a hospital room sitting with someone who is dying? Or you can be in the presence of God in church on Sunday morning. Or you can be in the presence of God at five o'clock in the morning on your face reading the scripture and praying. Joy comes in the presence of God. It's just clear. It's not circumstantial. Biblical joy is not circumstantial. But it comes from the presence of the king. Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, you make known to me the path of life. And and the writer says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I mean, where else are you going to go to find the fullness of joy? What are we on? Like iPhone 13, 12? I've lost count. I have an eight. I'm way behind. I think I have an eight. I don't even know what I have. That stuff, those events, that success doesn't last. But the presence of God, being in the presence of the king, the wise men, when they come to him, the magi, when they they come to him, they, they find him and they worship. They bow low. What do they do? When they get there, they open their treasure and they offer him gifts. And these are gifts with like regal intent. We, we hear the words gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and it sounds kind of funny. Like, why didn't they give him an iPhone? It's, it seems like it'd be better. 
Gold, why gold? Because gold is a precious metal prize for beauty and value. Today it is, then it was. Frankincense. Frankincense is like a luxury import. You can't get it in Bethlehem. It comes from the rosin of a tree that grew in Arabia and India and Somalia. And this is, when you think about frankincense, think about incense that's being burned. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasing aroma for a king. And then myrrh, also a luxury import, which grew from a tree in Arabia and Ethiopia. These are things that are far from far away that are, that are brought traditionally for a king that cost these magi. They bring gifts and they posture low in this way. Now, Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says this, the joy, the, the, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Have you ever thought about that? Like, okay, so, so <clears throat> joy comes from God's guidance. He guides us by the word and the spirit. Joy comes in the presence of the king. He's put a spirit inside of me. I can be in his presence anytime I want. And the fruit, what should give birth in my life? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy. Like we're talking about today, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Joy comes from the inside out. It's, it's a gift from God, and it comes from being in his presence. Here's something that I think is amazing. Did you know that God himself is filled with joy when he's in the presence of his people? That God himself is filled with joy in the presence of his people. Zephaniah the prophet, verse, chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The Lord your God is in your midst a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Think about that for just a moment. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Can you imagine this for just a moment? That the sovereign king of the universe, because because you're his kid, because you have come to him, Believing in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin because your debt has been paid by Jesus' death on the cross. Because Jesus rose again from the dead and, and defeated the penalty of sin and death. That God, who Jesus says to you, by the way, you should call him father. You should call him, you should call him daddy. You can come to him. You have access to him because, because of Jesus. He exalts over you. He will sing over you, according to Zephaniah, rejoice over you with gladness. Like, look at my kids. Just a second ago, I had one singing right here. I had to take off my glasses because tears and glasses don't work. Why? Because I was so, so filled with joy. I was rejoicing over her as her father. That's what God does with us. He rejoices even in the presence of his kids. Sometimes we think about being in his presence as sort of a future tense reality. Like it'll be there, you know, I'll have that one day, you know, when I get to heaven and, and all of that. But the scripture seems to teach us, yes, you will, in a futuristic way, have that one day. You're promised it. 
but you also, you can have it today, according to the scripture. I mean, Psalm 84, it teaches that better is one day in your courts than thousands anywhere else. Apparently, presently, we can be in the presence of King Jesus as his disciples, as, as sons and daughters of God because of Jesus. And we can live what is in our eternity even now. And he makes sure of it by giving us his spirit and his word. And he meets us in a quiet place. And, and I'm telling you, that's where joy stems from. That quiet place where you're in the presence of the king. Last thing, Matthew chapter 2, 11 again, same verse. Not only does joy come in, in following God's guidance, not only does joy come in the presence of the king, but joy comes in actively worshiping him, actively worshiping him with the intent of your heart. Just like, the, just like the Magi came. It says clearly in verse 11, if you just look at it. And then going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. And what did they do? They worshiped him. They worshiped him. Then opening their treasure, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There is joy in worshiping Jesus, I don't know of a time that I ever walk away from the gathering of the saints to worship Jesus where I haven't experienced joy. I might cry. I might feel convicted at some point. I might not like what he has to say to me sometimes through his word or I may love it. But if you, you, you get me singing graves into gardens like where dead things come to life because of Jesus, I find joy. You take me to that holy of holy moments. And sometimes I stop and just listen to you because I hear the church, like the people of God worshiping. There's, that's, there's joy. You might not have any money. You might have bills to pay. Someone might be sick in your family right there. Joy with the intent of your heart, focused Godward, worshiping the King. Psalm 29, verse two, it says, ascribe to the Lord, the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Psalm 95, verse six. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. There's joy that comes in actively worshiping the Lord. And it's private worship and it's community worship. And there's joy both places. I don't know, this may seem like a simple thought to you, but this is like when the saints gather on Sunday, this is something that we're commanded to do. We need it. We need the community. We need the fellowship. We need the scriptures uh, taught to us. We need uh, to worship together and encourage each other and be in the presence of God. But this is, this is like the party. And all during the week, you just need to be with God by yourself and in smaller groups. You be alone with him. Worship him. Sometimes people think, I, I can't even sing in church. I'm not going to sing by myself where I, I hear myself 
I would encourage you to do this. Sing to God. Forget about pleasing yourself. Sing to God. The scripture says we should make a joyful noise. You know, you can do that by yourself in your car. There's joy in it. To sing the praises of our God, to worship him privately. It's one thing to gather like this, and I think God loves it. But what do you think he thinks about a 40-year-old dude on his face singing, Oh, come, let us adore him, where no one else can hear. Just because he wants to be with his daddy. It brings joy. That's where joy comes from. The presence of the king, actively worshiping the king. There is something about giving back that brings joy. I can also tell you that there, I have never given, I have never given anything in worship to God that I felt like, oh, I want that back. It's just been a joy. I might not have wanted to do it leading up. I might have struggled, like, do you know all the, but to bring gold and frankincense and myrrh, to bring something from your coffers, from your treasure and lay it before the Lord. Do you know there is biblical joy in that? The widow that Jesus pointed his disciples to on the temple mount one day, all these Pharisees are like raking in all this gold into the offering boxes. And she goes, And Jesus is like, look at that. And I guarantee you, she had joy. She might not have had any money left, but she had joy because she gave, right? There is, there is something about intently worshiping him with our stuff, about intently worshiping him with our heart, with our mind, with our mouth, with the direction of our feet, with the work of our hands. It brings joy. And it's not circumstantial. It's, it's the source that we're talking about. So here's kind of the last question. How's your joy? How is your joy? It may be that it's time to change the source from where you're trying to find joy. It may be that you're discovering, people discover this about, in in our country, in our culture, people discover about the age of between 35 and 45, 50, success and stuff is not gonna bring joy. People discover it. No matter how much they have, they discover it. Maybe it's time to change your source. Maybe it's, it's, begin, it's time to begin looking at your life as eternal and, and thinking to yourself, that joy that I'm going to have in the presence of the Lord in heaven that we talk about, I can have it here. And I have access to it. 
So if I'm the enemy and I want to rob your joy, here's what I'm going to do. You don't need that. Not today. You'll be fine. Not tomorrow, not the next day. And I'm going to do everything I can to keep you from hearing God. If I'm the enemy, I'm going to try to get you to believe that the Holy Spirit is for other people. (laughs) There are certain special people. No, every disciple of Jesus has been gifted the Holy Spirit. The same one that John and Peter and Mary, all of them, same spirit. The apostle Paul, same spirit. But if I'm, if I'm the enemy, I'm going to get you, I'm going to try to make you think that's for somebody else. You don't need that. So here's what I do. If your joy is like lacking, and I know what that's like. The message today is not choose joy. Feel better. The message today is choose your source of joy. And and you can do that. You can't, sometimes you can't control like the good or the bad feelings that you have inside inside of you, but, but you can say, I'm going to open my Bible and pray that the Holy Spirit will wreck me in a good way this morning as I meet with him. I'm going to actually sing a song. I'm going to pray. That's the other thing I'd do if I was the enemy to make you think there's no power in prayer. So don't pray. Or make you think like prayer is just a religious thing. Give me all those mealtime, bedtime prayers. Um, The enemy would be good with those. But the one, again, that guy or that gal on her face or his face where nobody else is looking pouring out her heart to her father there's joy there if I'm the enemy I'm going to try to get you to think there's no power there so don't, don't waste your time you're too busy you got a lot going right would you bow your head and close your eyes and just ask God, again, to just speak to you. Father, we're a people that are uh, very dependent on our circumstances for good feelings. I'm one. We ask today, Father, that you would restore to us the joy of our salvation. I pray, God, for these brothers and sisters. Would you help them to take a step even today no matter how they're feeling. 
to hear from you alone by themselves and give them days like that consistent and repeated and build in them the joy of the Lord. Lord, we, we can't find joy anywhere else. And so father, we pray as we worship you, as we come into your presence, that you would restore to us the joy of our salvation. We love you. We praise you in Jesus name. Amen.